in Washington, among the great persons and their entourage, a mixture of awful consternation, uncertainty, rage, shame, helplessness, and stupefying disappointment. The worst is not only imminent, but already here. We forget how close we came to destruction, and yet this building is something of a symbol of our victory. Because it was a huge public space, it was one of the biggest buildings in Washington at the time. They used it for all kinds of Civil War related activities. The dream of humanity, the vaunted union we thought so strong, so impregnable, lo, it seems already smashed like a china plate. One bitter, bitter hour. Perhaps proud America will never again know such an hour. You can certainly feel the weight of history on your shoulders as you're walking through here, not just because of the experience you're having with the great art and with all the portraits, but also because this place is history. It's part of American history. When the wounded started coming up the Potomac from the, from the battlefields down the peninsula, it was used as a depot to house the wounded. And among the most famous employees in this building, of course, was Walt Whitman. Walt is something of the patron saint of the building. He went from, from cot to cot, from bed to bed, and served to kind of minister, in a way, to the troops. I must not let the great hospital at the Patent Office pass away without some mention. A few weeks ago, the vast area of the second story of that noblest of Washington buildings was crowded close with rows of sick, badly wounded, and dying soldiers. Whitman did his first nursing at the National Portrait Gallery, so he's, he's associated with it as his entry into the Civil War stage as a nurse. It's almost difficult to imagine when you're inside this building today what it must have been like in 1861 and 1862 as a soldier recovering or dying from wounds in battle. I go sometimes at night to soothe and relieve particular cases. The suffering and the fortitude to bear it in various degrees. Occasionally from some the groan that could not be repressed. Sometimes a poor fellow dying. It must have just been the most horrible of places for a young man who's fresh out of the fields from Iowa or whose mom and dad are, are back home running a business in New York or Rhode Island. It, it must have just been completely unworldly to them. It was a cold and operational government building. It was not a hospital. It was not comfortable. And there were not just a few of them. There were hundreds and hundreds of young men. It was indeed a curious scene. Two of the immense apartments are filled with high and ponderous glass cases, crowded with models in miniature of every kind of utensil, machine, or invention it ever entered into the mind of man to conceive. Between these cases are lateral openings, and in these were placed the sick. Many of them were very bad cases. The fractured thigh, the knee, the wound in the abdomen, these and more I dress with the impassive hand. Yet, 
deep in my breast a fire, a burning flame. If you're left alone in some of the corridors, you really feel history settle in on your shoulders. You feel that echo, that resonance of all those great presences that, that have occupied this building for so very many generations. I think that the thing that you take away from Walt Whitman in the building is what Walt himself evoked, which is this sense of mystery, the sense that he was a ghostly presence in this building, that the wounded are still with us, that the building still contains the voices that Walt Whitman heard. Thus in silence and dreams projections, returning, resuming, I thread my way through the hospitals. The hurt and wounded I pacify with soothing hand. I sit by the restless all the dark night. Some are so young, some suffer so much. I recall the experience, sweet and sad, 